0: good morning everybody and welcome back to board games fm powered by theology of games this is aj Skiftstad, and uh this is just me coming back to you after two weeks of a little paternity leave two weeks ago my wife had a baby we named her caroline elizabeth and i have been trying to catch up on sleep and adjust to this new lifestyle which i hear takes quite some time so uh, <laughs> So, I have not broadcast lately, but I'm back in the fray and I'm ready to talk about some board games. Um, recently, I saw a post. Um, somebody was asking, what are some terms in board games that drive you insane? And what to me, what that said was, hey, let's have a negative conversation over social media. And um, I just thought... Why is that necessary? Yeah, we can talk about the way we feel and about opinions and things like that. That's exactly what we strive to do here on Board Games FM. I'm just not always crazy about starting a conversation with negativity. But as I was looking through the list of terms that people were going over, one one person did not like the term family friendly and they wrote a, a subtext that said, Why would you presume to know what my family would enjoy? It made me laugh again because I just feel like sometimes we can be so elitist in our hobby, and it's—I mean, come on—we're all just having fun playing board games. We don't have to act like something is above us or or beyond us. The term "family friendly"—what does that mean? The term "family friendly" just simply means it's accessible to to maybe some younger kids, to maybe some, to maybe everybody—you know, uh, males and females alike. Um, that's, that's kind of what we're getting at with that term family-friendly. Mostly, most of the time it has a theme that the general population would enjoy. Um, yeah, okay, okay, not everybody's gonna enjoy, you know, I don't know, a numbers game or, or a game about uh, dragons. But what we're getting at is we're getting at a general statement that says, you know, This is going to bring a lot of people to the table. Most people are going to enjoy this, stretching from all age ranges and genders. So um, get over it. Family friendly is a good term to just say it's accessible. And we always go into more detail usually when we talk about family friendly games. Which brings me to uh, a game that I believe is a family friendly game. A couple weeks ago... Scott posted he got a game for Christmas. It was called Quest for El Dorado by Reiner Knizia. Um, A great game designer. He does one of my favorite games of all time, which is Tigris of Euphrates. Tigris and Euphrates. It's a fantastic game. This game, uh, Quest for El Dorado, that Scott got for Christmas, I just picked up a couple days ago. Played it, loved it. It's an adventure deck building game. It has a board where you're moving pieces and uh you're moving meeples actually and you're racing you are racing along these uh hexagon spaces and trying to get to el dorado before the other team members now i only played with two players and um with two players you have two adventures and you have to get both of them to el dorado to win and it was really really fun my wife and I played it, and uh, as we collected cards, we got closer and closer to El Dorado. Some cards allowed us to move. Some cards allowed us to buy more more cards to to help our movements and help our uh, quest to get to El Dorado. We played a very basic version of the game. There was a little added element that we could have played with called mountains. We didn't add that in right away for our first play. It was awesome. I love this game. It played quick. It was smooth. It was elegant, I really enjoyed it, um, and, and uh, it was, like I said, it was two players, and I felt like with two players, this was not the prime number to play with. I just felt like this game uh, could use three or four players, but what I'm really trying to say is, the game didn't suffer because of that. I played it with two players and felt like this isn't the right number to play it with, but I'm still having a blast playing it. So I just can't even imagine, or I can imagine, what it would be like with three or four players. The intensity would be greater, and I just think we would be having more fun with three or four players. So, uh, needless to say, it's a great family-friendly game, accessible to all, I believe, and I think you're really going to enjoy it too. Check out Quest for El Dorado by Reiner Knizia and Ravensburger Games, you're going to like it. Check you later. Hey there everybody. This is AJ Skifstad, uh, just kind of with the afternoon broadcast um, about a couple random things uh, having to do with board games that um, might be interesting to you. One of them is just a follow-up on Jeremiah and Scott's conversation about dystopian games. i played a lot of games, and I'm having trouble recalling uh, one right now that I really enjoy that's a dystopian game. I have one that never makes it to the table anymore. I used to really enjoy it, and it's I've since soured on the game. Um, But I'm going to talk about it anyways, which is is Coup. Um, And there's Coup Rebellion, and there's... um, there's Maybe Coup Rebellion is the expansion, or maybe that's the big box game that they came out with. I can't remember. But Coup is a game where you have... um, two nobles or two two people of influence that have a different ability and you can lie about who you are on your turn and you keep these two identities hidden and as long as these two characters are alive you're in the game and as long as you're the, you can be the last one standing uh, you're the winner whether you have both of them alive or just one but you take certain actions based upon each of these characters like the assassin can do something the uh, I believe it's called the Duke can do something and you lie about being these characters And other people around the table have the character that you're lying about, perhaps. Um, I believe there's only two of each character in the game. So if somebody has two Dukes in front of them and you claim to be the Duke, they're gonna call you out on it, of course. So um, what you're trying to do is lie about who you are, take different actions to just really um, make people believe you're someone that you're not so that you can do more on your turn and really just utterly confuse people. and the card play is such that you're going to be switching in and out cards through various different actions. And hopefully by the end of the game, everybody's laughing and having a good time about how deceitful you were and, and each other was. Because it's just a, it's a lot of fun. And I'm, I said I soured on the game, and as I talk about it, I'm wondering, why did that happen? And maybe I should bust that out and play it again. So as far as dystopian games go, I enjoy Koo. Maybe I should maybe I should pull it out again. For some reason I soured on it. Hopefully I can, uh, you know, pick that one back up. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, just kind of random information. I've been kind of keeping you aware of the Thunderstone Quest project because it's a project that I'm invested in. And so if any of you out there are really into deck building games and are excited about new ones coming out, Thunderstone Quest should be out very soon. It's on target to reach its backers in February. It's already almost to all the shipping depots. Um, And so we should be seeing that game in backers' hands in February and hopefully even retailers in February. Backers first, please. Um, So uh, Thunderstone Quest, it's coming. Be prepared. If you like deck building, you like adventures, you like fantasy, this one's going to be one for you to check out. Uh, Also on that note, AEG is also releasing a game I talked about uh, last week Or actually three weeks ago Because I haven't been on for two weeks Called Edge of Darkness um, Edge of Darkness is going to be fantastic The Kickstarter goes live in February Get in on this game early If uh, I mean this is going to be cool so it's kind of like mystic veil it's got some card crafting it's got some cooperativeness to it it's also got um, double-sided cards as you're crafting these cards like you would in mystic veil you're also crafting some very bad stuff on the other side that could come back to bite you in the shorts later it's really cool there's going to be monsters coming out from um, i think it's called a tower in the center they're going to target certain players based upon certain colors I'm just so excited about this. Um, this broadcast doesn't do it justice. Go to AEG's site, read a little bit about the game, and check it out. It's going to be really, really cool. Again, it's going to be in that Mystic Vale universe, too. So it's not just card crafting, but it's actually in the universe of Mystic Vale. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, a couple things covered here. Dystopian Games, Thunderstone Quest, and uh, Edge of Darkness. Check those out. That's all for now. Talk to you later.